Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast for Southeast Asian women by Southeast Asian women, exploring conversations around health, the self, community and love. My name is Nicole and I am your producer and host. Hi! Hi! <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. Thanks um, for having us. Our topic of today is actually to cover digital burnout. We wanted you both to join us on this episode today because I think both of you are, first of all, two women who have grown up with social media and seen like how the landscape has kind of evolved. And also you both run a business called Elementary Co. that's a branding and marketing agency, yeah. right? That relies a lot on social media and you have kids yes. growing up in the digital age. So I thought, you know, who better to come on board to share about living online and like managing digital burnout than the two of you. So thanks for joining me today. Hi, I'm Shamin. Um, I run a branding and marketing agency called Elementary. It is eight years old this year. Um, and I also have two kids who are seven and four. And hi, I'm Erica. I feel I'm going to be duplicating what Sean says, but I'm marketing director at Elementary Co. And I have two kids too. So I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. Before we start off with today's episode, I'd like to give a big shout out to IMDA for teaming up with us for three episodes on Digital Wellness as part of their Digital for Life campaign. What does Digital Wellness mean? How can we practice good online habits, ensure cyber safety, and reduce our risks to online harms? The Digital for Life movement aims to enable the community and citizens of all ages to embrace digital learning as a lifelong pursuit. With digital as a new way of life, we need to know what to do and how to take care of our digital wellness. We can make the internet a better, safer, and kinder place for everyone. To find out more, visit go.gov.sg forward slash digital wellness. Tell me a bit about how you both started with social media like way back in the day well, this is gonna definitely betray our age yeah. but we, way back then yeah way back then before Facebook or anything I think what was it first like Friendster is oh that my even? gosh yes yeah. Friendster man it was yeah I mean it was ICQ MSN yeah it was just Friendster. online chats first yeah. ICQ IRC do you even know what <laughs> that is yeah they're all just like <laughs> online chat rooms right that was like our first experience I guess with like social media and mm. like online chatting and stuff and I think like we only maybe started using it a bit more when I moved to Hong Kong and Erica moved to Melbourne mm -hmm. to do uni your yeah. degree yeah so by that time, we were already about 20 years old. Mm. Uh, and then we started a blog called Zenger. Does anybody even use Zenger? Yeah, is it even still around? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, but I remember Zenger. Yeah, yeah, I remember Zenger. So it's just a, it was a blogging platform and we, used, we started it so that we could all keep in touch with our other girlfriends as well who were in Singapore or in Perth. Like, yeah, we were basically everywhere. all around the yeah. world. Everybody was studying or living overseas. So we started our blogs to update each other on our lives and to mm. also keep up to date with each other. Yeah. I remember Erica Zenger's called The, the Silent, Silent Girl. Girl. <laughs> I was a very like emo. Yeah, but also it was like no, oh not even silent. Yeah. But I think it was because I could create an alter ego, right? Like <laughs> okay. you could kind of be anyone. The silent girl who wrote and spoke a lot on yeah. Zenger. But I was gonna <laughs> say also that like I think Zanga as a platform. I mean, like ICQ, IRC, and all these online chat rooms. It literally like began at the birth of the internet age in a way, and like it was suddenly dial-up like, modem kind yeah. of. Yeah, like the kind where like if you're online and someone calls into your house, like yep. it would disconnect. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you'd be like, who is on the phone, right? Or who called? I'm blogging now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wasn't blogging. It was like you would be chatting to someone chatting, or whatever, yeah. and yeah. then like, it'll interrupt your conversation, right? But I think those platforms really kind of just suddenly made us realize we could like make friends I suppose right to, yeah. with, with 
And people who weren't from your school, yeah. who weren't even living and in actually, the same country. Yeah. And also, yeah. Zanger was really like a platform to express yourself. Like, yeah. you know, because yeah. like once we found, I mean, writing was obviously something that we both really enjoyed. And then like you could incorporate photographs and collages. Yeah, pictures. Yeah, that, yeah, that would just give you something or a way to like, yeah, just have some space to express yourself. What was the following like for the blogs back then? And then how you guys kind of like, how the following grew to where you are today and how did your social media use kind of change? No idea, honestly. <laughs> I don't know how or why people started following us. I think maybe even the fact that we were living abroad would mm, also give yeah, people probably. like at home like something else like to live vicariously through maybe mm-hmm. even. So aside from keeping in touch or rather reading Sham's blog because she's my friend. It was also like, oh, what's she doing in wherever she was, Shanghai or Hong Kong? Like, oh, this looks like fun. And like, you know, just, I guess, learning about a new city through the eyes of your friend was something that was like interesting to me. Our followers slash friends have just grown up with us like over the years. So mm-hmm. when we first started out, we were we were students, you know, I mean, we were either studying or starting out in our careers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody was in around the same place as us. Um, and then eventually when we moved over to Instagram, that's like so many years later though. Yeah. Is that like Facebook in between? Yeah. So, and then now, a lot of our followers, I would say, are moms. Yep. Yeah, mm. like people with families. Mm. Or like maybe younger women who are looking to start their own businesses as well. So like, I was um, in a band with my husband and we took part in School Invasion. And School Invasion was a program that basically brought local bands to school assemblies, which mm. was like super fun for us. Like I wish we that was that around when we were, we were in, school. in school. But to get the opportunity to play at a school assembly, it was like a dream, it was so fun. Mm. And so every time we played a school, like we would just share like our Instagram account. So I think like the following for me on Instagram really grew from the School Invasion tours. Mm. You know, mm. being able to kind of go and play and then connecting with like these kids and yeah, growing the following. So when Sham says like our followers grew up with us, I think for mine really they grew up with me. Like they were <laughs> secondary school students and then like I've met them in real life like now as a grown up they were, and they're like in their own careers now and I'm mm. like, you know you play at my school? I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. I'm so old. <laughs> but it's, it's really nice to actually meet them. And some of them, I actually remember, they'll show me pictures. Like, Woo-hoo. you know, we took this picture together at the school assembly and like, this is who I am now. I'm like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> very amazing. cute. Very cute. I'm so old. Yeah, it's, but I just find that, like, I mean, there's a lot of, I guess, negative things that social media mm. has brought about, I think, today because mm-hmm. of how many people are on it and the, the, I guess, the amount of ways that people have discovered they can do um use social media but like for what it is like i think it's it's been quite an amazing platform for the two of us i would say that you guys seem to have quite a healthy relationship with social media in the first place Mm -hmm. and the second thing is that you're quite confident in standing up for what you believe in and then also to yeah, the way you you present yourselves quite because <laughs> I'm gonna say that comes with age. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, yeah it did definitely comes with age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you become comfortable in you yeah, know like who you are, where you sit, with some grey hairs, I'm some waiting. wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but I I I, I want to ask. I guess the question is like how how has have you observed that you know like social media has kind of like changed. It's changed a lot, yeah. I feel. I think in our, one of our earlier conversations, we were also talking about how like some people have very different online personas and IRL personas. Mm. I don't think that's the case for us. 
Um, but I, th- I guess I see it more in like, the younger generations mm. um, and just how they present themselves. Mm. Yeah. I guess it doesn't help right now so that a lot of us have not been able to go out and socialize as much over the past two years. So truly, your Instagram self or your TikTok self, you know, that is who you think you really are. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Mm. I think we were also really lucky that these platforms became available available to us when there were no such expectations to like mm. look a certain way or post certain things or lead a certain lifestyle. It yeah. was really a space for us to be ourselves. Yeah. And I think on that journey, we definitely have encountered moments where like, oh, maybe I should, I guess, be more wary in a way almost about what we post. So like, you definitely come into situations where you do think about who is watching you and what you see. But I think, yeah, it was always very important for us that who we are in real life translated into what our platforms were or it was more important that we had real connections with people. I'm wondering, you know, has there ever been a situation where you felt like burnout or like being on social media is just like too much? Mm. I think it felt like it was too much probably in the last few months or so. But that is also because it's just been... It's COVID fatigue, mm. you know, and like every time you go online, like the news is always so dire. Not just in Singapore, but around the world, right? It's always one thing or another that's happening. Yep. And you want to keep up because you need to know and you want to know and it's important issues, but like it's just so overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And like I cannot not use social media because of work. Yep. Yep. But then I think like I was becoming resentful of having to use it a little bit. I, mm. I noticed a bit more of that. I almost want to lose my phone. I hope I lose my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, but then at the same time, still being like, oh, but then I also want to kind of like remember these moments with my kids and yeah, like yeah. put it down, you know, in writing. So like during circuit breaker and stuff, like when we couldn't even leave our houses, you know, for quite an extended period, like then that kind of really got to me. I think like you said, the nature of our work requires us to be on social media. Yeah. I guess like when it all culminates, like it does become very stressful and then like having to feel that you're always... On, on Instagram looking at looking at what people are sharing especially mm-hmm. now like you mentioned like during COVID where like you there are many more like sort of low and tired moments yeah. and like when you're vulnerable like that and you see like you know whether it's depressing news or whether it's someone who is like living life like it's normal somewhere else you're mm-hmm. just like help me I like need like mm-hmm. some kind yeah. of valve to open so that I can have a release you know so I think there is digital fatigue in that sense when you, I mean, sometimes these expectations you kind of like is are self-inflicted. Like yeah. you feel like you need to also sort of be okay. Like you know, if you if you go like many days without sharing, sometimes and then this is also like you mentioned, like my husband and I are both on social media. Yep. So sometimes yep. my husband has say random things like, "You haven't posted anything for like days, how?" Huh? I'm like, is it important? <laughs> like, yeah. like, is it important that we do right? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just silly conversations that we have, but. Just because like our lives do sort of like I mean there is there is a work sort of aspect to yeah, it yeah. on the platform, you do feel somewhat of a sense of responsibility to make sure that you are upkeeping it somehow. Mm. So I do think like the fatigue and the burnout does come. Despite having like no followers, right? I still feel I still felt very fatigued in general. On one hand, like you said, right, if I tap out it's irresponsible of me also because mm. we all work in the media industry. Yeah, and yeah. then on the other hand, it's also a bit of like a responsibility, right, for you guys as like moms and also you have to know what's happening in the world, right? So I guess I'm wondering for you guys, like how do y'all kind of draw those like boundaries? Because for me, it took me really long. I think like even now it's something that I struggle with a lot. Like I'm thinking, I feel guilty when I'm not 
um, informed and aware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm overly simulated, I'm like, okay, I do, I, it, it gets to the point where it's like really, really bad. Then I'm like, okay, you know what? I maybe need to go and like take a walk or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think like, like you said, right, that, that desire to be up to date is very real. And, like, you, and you can't help it the minute you load your Instagram you're met by news right mm. people sharing about it and I I think it's very easy to fall into that like black hole of the mindless scroll yeah. so like during um, I think like Circuit Breaker I felt like I was just getting like sucked into this black hole of negativity when mm. it came to like news online what was happening in the world and stuff like that and then you know like once you load your feed and it's just like this mindless scroll before you know it three hours has passed and like, mm. you've been just been reading and sharing yeah. stuff uh, and that's when I realised like, okay, boundaries definitely need to be put in place. Um, and I don't want to wake up and start my day by like looking at my phone and getting up to date with the news. Because then it just puts me in a very bad, like negative headspace to mm. carry on the rest of the day. So I decided that I would not use social media until lunchtime. Mm. And I think it sounds so small to some people. Like, a few hours, what difference does it make? But it makes so much mm. difference. Like, your day is peaceful. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yes, there are so. things happening in the world, but they can wait for a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, we don't have to, I don't know, put this burden on ourselves that we have to be up to date every second of our lives. And then I, I also, like, enable all these, like, screen time limits mm. for my phone. So, like, at 11.15, my phone will start to, like, wind down. Yeah. Right? And then, yeah. like, apps would start to go to sleep and stuff and then by midnight like my phone is just sleeping and so I wouldn't be disturbed like you know in uh, that sense technology has like all the means for to help you right the tools to like help you actually set boundaries yeah and so like you know I wouldn't feel obliged to then like reply messages or be sucked into group chats or you know like send out emails late at night and things like that I mean yes we still have to work after our kids sleep once in a while you know but I think there were just less distractions that way. Like, just focus on the things that you really needed to do, like, check off those tasks and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we started elementary because we wanted more autonomy with our time. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be able to, like, not be a slave to our job. So, like, if all the things that we were doing was negating what we were trying or why we even started elementary. So, I think, like, you, especially during COVID, I was just, like, or rather when the pandemic kicked off and we were all in, like, circuit breaker mode it was like okay you know there has to be like a line that we draw because yeah. if not it's going to yeah. be non-stop I think the boundaries are also important because like, I felt a responsibility to the team like yeah. the rest of elementary you know like like they are also dealing with their own issues right like, everybody is having COVID fatigue and I didn't want to be that boss who was also like messaging them at 6-7 mm. o'clock in the morning so like everybody feels like they have a bit more space to breathe. And then having to deal with HBL, oh, with gosh. our kids, and like, so it's just <laughs> accumulated exactly. stress. Mm, yeah. I'm wondering if there has, was there like a point for both of you where it was like a, where you're like snapped? I mean, yes. Mm, yeah, I, mean, so. I think a few points. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what those points might be. I think I've always thought that I'm a very resilient yeah, and like optimistic exactly. person. I, yeah. Um, but then I think maybe in like the last two months or so, like things have been particularly difficult um, because like, I mean, my daughter's health ha- hasn't been so good. So she was like in hospital for nine days and then it was like in September, I think. Yeah. And then like work stress was just getting to me I as well. That. And then I just like, this COVID is never ending. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I was feeling particularly low. I think like 
a week before my birthday, yeah, right? Yeah. Up to it. So like a week before my birthday, I was feeling particularly lousy and like I was I think we were talking in a group chat about like going overseas and like, oh now BTL we can travel. And I was like, you know what? The thought of traveling doesn't even excite me. And that is I have never felt that way before. Mm. Yeah. It's like not you at all. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I was just like I just felt so low. And because I was feeling so lousy, I decided I am going to delete my Gmail app. <laughs> so I wouldn't see any email notifications that were coming in. And that I would also move all my chat apps like to the last like yep. last page, last screen, screen whatever, yeah, yeah, on my phone. Like and basically I just wasn't using my phone at all. And it actually really helped me figure out how to get over how I was feeling. Like mm. that low point, that, that heaviness that I was experiencing. Like it, it freed up my headspace to think about the steps that I needed to take. And it allowed me to really just like focus on spending time with my kids. And the less I looked at my phone, the better I felt. Yeah, and after sweet. after that period of time, like I, I I actually knew what I needed to do. And so I decided I to start going for therapy. So I think that digital detox like really mm. did wonders for me. From the therapy session, what were some kind of like things that you got out and like what did the therapist say that was particularly like maybe impactful to you? I felt that what was helpful for me in these therapy sessions is that I was able to speak to someone very candidly mm. and completely honestly and have a very unbiased point of view of hers shared back to me. Because, you know, when you talk to your friends and stuff like that, because they know you and they know your work and they know your children and your family, the advice that they can give can sometimes be a bit skewed. Yeah. Um, but she was also, so just having that listening ear very unbiased and then like for her to also be very candid and honest in her feedback or her assessment of what I've been doing, mm. whether right or wrong. Um, and I, I thought that was very good. And then she was also able to tell me things that are so simple, but I just needed to hear like, you need to be your own best friend. Mm. You know, like you, you cannot put everybody first and then like still expect yourself not to snap. And like you think to yourself, like, that is logical. I could tell you that, right? Yeah. But like, Coming I just from, really needed to hear it yeah. from somebody else. Yeah. And also, I think I, I, had, I was trying to figure out how to also deal with other people in my family being mm. depressed. Because obviously, this isn't just taking a toll on me. It's taking a toll on my family members as well. Therapy helped me figure out how to better... Um, work on the relationships with the people around me who are not feeling so great as well. I think for me, I've, I feel very overwhelmed sometimes often when I'm at home actually, which to me sucks because I feel I work very hard to like build this space for myself to sort of, I mean, home is a very safe space. But I think once sort of like work from home kicked in, I didn't, I wasn't able to have that separation anymore. So I think during Circuit Breaker, there were a lot of moments where I just felt very... Yeah, just very overwhelmed by the responsibilities. I think, you know, when you're a mom and like you're running your own business and like you have a home, like suddenly everything is more priority than yourself and your well-being mm. because like I need to make sure my kids have their meals. I need to make sure like, you know, we work as a team and yeah. like I have to finish my portion so that I can pass it on. If not, like the next person can't do their part. I always feel like I'm up to my neck, you know, with, mm. with like things to do. The checklist never ends. Yeah, the checklist yeah. never ends. It's like I'm yeah. always having to do something and never, I never, f like there's no room for me to just decompress like I mentioned before, like just to like, you know, not think about doing something next. Yeah. There have been countless days where like at the end of it, like 
when I'm taking my shower at night, I just involuntarily find myself like crying. Like just from all, I guess, the held up emotions from the day. And like, there's so many things. So even like having Zoom, sometimes like back-to-back calls and with my kids at home, sometimes simultaneously trying to like oversee a HBL, mm. like it can be, just be so much. Yeah. And having them interrupt sometimes. And I feel bad that I always have to tell them to please wait. But like I'm on a call or please wait, I need to finish this right now. Because that's not sort of, that's not the home setting that I wanted to create. But the truth of the matter is, this is how, you know, almost what we have to deal with day to day. And it's sad that they are expected to understand this, even though that kids are super resilient. And if you explain to them, they definitely get it. But it's also, I guess, learning to just be like, like have some grace and, and be gentle about it with myself because... You know, it's unrealistic for me to be hard on myself yeah. for, for something that I don't have control over. Yeah. But it's tough because it's so muddled when you feel like you have no control over your home space. Do you know what I mean? I know, I totally it's get like, it. Yeah, it's like, this is my personal space. I should have control over it. But mm. at the same time, there's so many factors around the world right now that is causing me to not have control over it. So I think that, yeah, that sort of the uncertainty of when it's even going to end, everything that I thought I had, you know, in check, kind of like just like falls to pieces. So mm. I feel like those days are the days where I just feel like, ah oh, man, like mm. I thought I had to get her, but I really don't, you know. Mm. We're taking a short break. Something Private is a podcast produced under local media publisher, Our Grandfather Story. This episode was made in collaboration with our friends at IMDA to talk about online harms and taking care of our digital wellness. Check out go.gov.sg forward slash digital wellness to find out more. Now back to the episode. I wanted to add that I, I have like immense respect for like parents during like COVID because I don't know how y'all are handling having children at home <laughs> and like being like moms and like helping your children grow up in like an environment where they cannot go to school, right? Or yeah. it's like, yeah, how are they going to make friends? Or like, how are, they gonna, how are you going to make sure that their, cho- that their education is like complete or like you know they're getting the full experience of what it means to be a kid in school yeah, right you know, so. honestly the education bit is, is, mm. is the lowest yeah, of my priority correct. right now for me i i'm sadder and more worried about the fact that they're leading such i don't know like isolated lives yeah, yeah. they're what kind of childhood is this correct, that, you know, correct. They, have they, they can't even play at recess they, they sit down the hall right yeah, recess. they have to wear masks only like yeah. like um, Zola came home one day and she showed me like a note her friend had written her and like I don't know why because I used to write notes in class I was like hey you shouldn't be writing notes in class you should yeah. pay attention to the teacher not because I was trying to like you know just scold her but like hey you know like just make sure you're not so distracted that you don't know what's going on she's like no I wrote it during recess I was like why are you writing notes during recess can't you just talk to your friend she's like no we're not allowed to talk oh yeah. no and I was like I so I think that is the thing that we that we, so were, we were sad about more than anything yeah. they're getting short changed yeah, yeah, yeah. even when they go to the play ground like I mean they have to keep their masks on <laughs> and they're like mommy I cannot breathe and then they're going to a corner like Ari is literally at a tree breathing and I'm just like this looks crazy yeah. but it's what he feels is like he is comfortable doing and what he feels safe doing you know what I mean mm-hmm. he felt safe in school and he didn't feel that anymore because mm-hmm. teachers would be like wash your hands don't hug your friends don't like take off your mask you know mm-hmm. and you know, for a kid, I think suddenly getting all this information and not knowing how to process it, like for Ari, it like translated into this fear that he couldn't describe to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And like, so what me and Kev did, like once we found out was to, you know, sort of make school days fun again for him. And 
that was like taking him out like after school like going to the beach and it and it would it did mean like prioritizing our time because like that means like certain things that we would do during that time after school like usually would be go back to work we would we we just had to say like you know we can't work right now because like Ari needs us to spend time with him and just to reassure him and just to remind him that like things that he knew to be um you know safe and life still felt a bit normal if we could take him out to the beach if mm. we could take him to the playground and mm. he still felt like he could be a child mm. you know and and so i think as parents going through the pandemic like yeah it's not only our own sort of like mental and emotional state that we have to deal with but also that of our kids and and every kid reacts differently our daughters our kids they're all they're good friends right but they can't meet up all the time so in order for them to still hang out with each other they have to play games yeah or they FaceTime or they play game online so they can meet each other they can meet each other in the games online okay which is so sad yeah you know whereas like previously they would be having play dates they hang out together go to the playground go to the beach you know go to each other's house now it's online like hey can I play games so that I can see Ari and Zola online later you know every parent is like even your parents are like, don't spend too much time online. It's yeah. like bad for your health. Yeah. It's like you make you meet strangers online and stuff like that. How do you draw the boundaries, make the rules as to like how to manage their digital like wellness in general? I guess we don't just say like it's bad for you, yeah, right? you because it's, it's not true things. that it's bad for yeah. them. So because they learn so much from yeah. using the iPad, honestly. Um, so, but we tell them that you know there has to be a time and place for everything and everything mm. in moderation, right? You mm. can't just be using the iPad the entire day and you miss out on everything else. Like you know, you like to go and cycle. Yeah. You want to meet your friends. Only twenty four hours in a day. Yeah, mm. so you have to just use your time wisely, right? So I think not just being like restrictive with like no rationale behind it. Yeah. Like that's not the way that we parent. I, yeah. It's just about having these very simple conversations with them. I think the worry with like um, kids having to do more HBL, like more online classes mm-hmm. these days and everything, is that they are just constantly in front of a device, right? Yeah, yeah. The worry that they will have digital burnout is real. Yeah. Um, but I think like what we've tried to do is that we don't tell them that they cannot use the devices at all, mm-hmm. but we try to talk to them about having a more healthy relationship with it. I think you mentioned something about making real life more awesome for your kids yeah. as well and showing them that hey, if you are going to be using your iPad, you're going to miss yeah. out on all the fun that's happening in the park. Mm. Like, you know, let's really get a real dog. life phone. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah true. it's true. It really works. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we're outside making them like, yeah, woo, yeah I think we're very good at hyping our kids yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. We are very, we're like big hype people. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin is excellent at it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I think like, I'm so glad I have a partner who will like make it seem like something in the hall is happening that is so amazing. The kids cannot help but come and check it out and they don't <laughs> to be part of it right because it's so like the line is so fine correct like when because you know they need it for school yeah right to be on a device and actually like the device or the access that they have teaches them a lot but then they also need to know that okay there has to be an amount of time that you spend on it like Sha mentioned and then after that you got to go and live a real a real life right i think at yeah. the end of the day like i think one good i suppose mantra or whatever to go by is like if your phone disappeared and died like what is it you have to say for like the life that you lived right was it awesome or not or do you spend all of it actually looking at your phone that's why now that it's gone like wow I'm so bored or like I am boring even worse (laughs) every time they say like mommy I'm so bored I don't use iPad I'm like only boring people are bored (laughs) and and even though they're young they get very offended yeah they're like it's not boring then go outside and play okay it's like you have an imagination (laughs) they can't see it for themselves showing them the alternative yeah the alternative to using their phone is 
could be even greater. Yeah. It is like, greater. You know we can actually go downstairs and play, right? Yeah. With bubbles. You know, bu- like kids are like, suckers for bubbles. Like, yeah. bubbles! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't been able to travel for the last almost two years already. So I think we've had to get creative with mm-hmm. and explore what <laughs> Singapore has to offer. And honestly, there are a lot of things for kids to do that don't involve spending money even. Mm. Like, I actually realised in the last year that there are so many awesome nature parks in Singapore. Yeah. And it's so fun to go and explore them because the biodiversity is so different in each of them. So some are maybe like more mangrove mm. and some are a little bit more like rainforest and like, and the kids love it. Like they walk around, they get to see in real life the things that they were watching on TV. On yeah, 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 or just true. to like appreciate things like birdsong or like sunrise. And if you can't go outside, like Zola, my elder daughter, she really loves art mm. and drawing. Yeah. And I feel really like, like they can really spend so much time painting or drawing and creating like a world just on that like their art sheet right and I think like activities like that take them away from the devices Mm. and like kind of like allow them to be creative like let them hone in on their skills of like imagination and you know storytelling you know because I guess those activities like art or like even writing stories like don't necessarily require you to always be overseeing like kind of watching them if you're sort of day-to-day is very busy. Yep. So kind of just setting up an art space for them to like express themselves. They have so little time in the day one after school. Like, and then if she's playing iPad, then it's like, you know, they're not mm. going downstairs to like play or they're not hanging out with each other or hanging out with us or whatever it is. So we've limited them to playing on the weekends. But as they're getting older, I do see that like sometimes I, I feel like now that these restrictions might not necessarily be in, like required anymore like mm-hmm. I feel like I do want them to like it exercise to evolve, I guess, so yeah it has yeah. to evolve and I think like they need to you know yeah manage their own time and like be responsible for how they use the iPad right mm-hmm. yeah I like the idea of giving them autonomy because like it it follows you into your adulthood right like yeah. if you always only learn how to follow instructions as a child then like when you grow up then you will still struggle with the same like problems like that you have difficulties like with time management you need somebody to be like this hour this hour do this yeah. thing and then like yeah. you have no ability to kind of manage that yourself so I really like that I think that's a yeah. parent those conversations really really help yeah. like to get them to understand that like you only have so many hours in yeah. a day and like you yeah. need to plan your time and also properly. letting them fail at it yeah. it's like oh it didn't work out for you today like well, how do you feel about <laughs> it right yeah. I, I discovered one fun thing for them to do on a device though recently my father set up a talk show for them on Zoom. So like he, he downloaded like a virtual background and then he <laughs> yeah. and they have like their stuffed toys and stuff, right? So like yeah. you project not project, like connect it to the TV yeah. screen. So they are sitting in front of the iPad and they're putting on a talk show. They're yeah. interviewing each other. And then it's appearing on the screen. And it's recorded, <laughs> right? Like you can record your Zoom so they can play yeah. it back after that. And what did they talk about? They were having a heck of a time. They're interviewing <laughs> each other. Think, like, right? There was one girl who went, because my daughter had to go to the hospital. So tell us about your experience in hospital, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then the youngest one had, like she finally was tall enough to go into Transformers, right? At Universal Studios. So... They were interviewing is, is this is their version of uh, blogging now? Yeah, yeah they yeah, won't yeah. vlog. They yeah. yeah. won't vlog. Yeah, and then like their stuffed toys would put on performance. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like and kids really like yeah. that because they're watching it also, right? And I mean, their, their creativity inspired. is boundless. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just about giving them, I guess, like the freedom to explore that as well and express it too. Yeah. And I guess that's one way of making your device work for, work for you, you yeah. right? Yeah, Versus you just sort of like being sucked into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talking about this topic on like bringing kids up and everything and being parents, right? Especially for as individuals who grew up in like the age of like social media, right? And your kids will be children that also grew up in like social media, but it's a very different kind of like social media mm-hmm. in general. How, what are some of the concerns that you guys have and like how are you all kind of working that out? 
I can't remember if it was last year or the year before that we were involved in like a Facebook Internet Safety Day mm-hmm. sort of like um, campaign. And at that point in time, I think my kids were only like three and six or something. And I wondered like, is it too early to be talking to them about the dangers of the internet? But I realised actually no. Like the earlier you start the conversation, the better it yes, is. I think like all the people who are who basically have access to educating them need to all be on the same page, right? So I think schools, I think mm. the website's called Interland, like the program that teaches kids about um, internet safety. Like they basically play games with kids to like present examples for them. Like say, for example, you take a funny picture of you and your friend yeah. and you want to share it. Like can should you ask your friend even like, is it okay if I share this picture? And then when you share it, do you share it with everyone like public or do you only share with your mommy and daddy or do you mm. share with your friends? And I think just talking to having the conversations with these kids to let them know that you know actually that photo that you have of a friend it's it's because your friend's face is on it you need to ask them permission if you mm. can share it like you can't just consent. go ahead and yeah like That'd just be... yeah practicing consent which is something that even I learned because I realised like hey when we take pictures I'm like I'm going to post it like I never say hey Shamia post our picture you know what I mean because we grew up but you know it. No. we grew up in, I mean I also were adults right yeah. so we we have I guess we can filter out things that we where we deem like, hey, you know, it's not cool we share this picture of our friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think teaching kids that what they take pictures of or, you know, that the internet is not necessarily a place that you can just behave however you want to. Mm-hmm. You know, that there is... Just like in real life, there are rules. Exactly, but, that yeah. there are rules. I think like, or well, boundaries. I think boundaries is like a great word to use, right? That yeah. like, they need to respect those boundaries for themselves and for their friends and the people that they care and love about as well. So mm. I think mm. it's really helpful. It's so excellent that, you know, your kids have access to the both of you and like your partners who mm. are able to kind of guide them, right, in like how they use their social media and like digital, all the technology and stuff like that, right? But I think for a lot of, of the in-between generations, right, a lot of the advice that you guys are dishing out is advice that... um from people who you, you mean both are quite um oh, settled no settled but like settled in your yeah. in your identity and being ready right but I think yeah. for a lot of us especially me and I was just sharing with you earlier that like when I I, I feel like a part of my identity is tied to being like this like social media savvy mm-hmm. like I'm a I'm online you know I know what's going on I know the latest trends I'm like a head of the the conversation and yeah. informed opinion about all the different things and yeah. I think for some of us and I can relate that it's it's quite difficult to kind of separate or draw that boundary even yeah. if like I'm aware that like this may be good for me mm-hmm. right yeah yeah, yeah I, I think it's like natural you know yeah, yeah. sometimes without even thinking yeah. yeah I would recommend to anyone anyone regardless of which age you are to just like do constant check-ins with yourself, like mm, sanity yes. checks, you know, like how am I feeling? What is making me feel this way? And like you realize a lot of times that it isn't like people who are, you know, like actual people, your friends who are making you feel down or tired or anxious. It's the amount of information we expose ourselves to and try to take in from being online all the time, you know. And you don't have to delete your Instagram account altogether, but maybe just try either limiting putting small limits uh, yeah. right, to how much you use it or just set a day where it's like today I will not touch mm. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, mm. like any of that. I guess it's difficult for the generation in between that sort of have grown up on social media and where boundaries are not as I guess obvious or I think something that they they practice, mm. right? It's it's like almost a habit and like part of their lifestyle, right? To check in on social media, to be aware of what's happening, to share about what they're doing. But I think at the same time, because they're so aware, they also shouldn't ignore the statistics and the research, I guess, that have come up 
right, about regarding digital burnout and like how we all need to start protecting that space that we, you know, we're kind of so immersed in the digital world that we forget to look after our physical mm. self in real life. I mean, there's really simple things aside from like putting on limiters on your phone, but like I think it's always important to try and experience it yourself. Like if you took a day, like just give it a chance, take mm-hmm. a day to like stay off social media, I can like guarantee that the if the benefits are like almost immediate like you can already sense that you know you feel better about yourself yeah. and like you know you were in control of your day mm. and like actually you didn't really need social media because I think the misconception is that I need to be on it if not like I cannot function or like I won't I be able to do my job or I missed out yep, on something yep, yep. right and that FOMO is real right but the truth is you also like I feel like if you have more real life experiences that you enjoy, that you do to treat yourself, I feel like you will start to realise actually you've been losing out on all of that and yeah. spending all that time on social media. But you have to give it a chance la, because mm. if this is your habit every day, day in, day out, to sort of be on it. You need to adjust yeah, it. Yeah, you need to sort of reteach almost yourself. Mm. To give yourself you a can. break. Make sure that you give yourself time to eat, you know, like to just take a break. Even if it's like a half an hour break where you can just like zone out, yeah. look at the trees, yeah, I mean, take a nap. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> Plan time, I think, to do nothing is very important. Like, mm. Planning time to do nothing mm. and being very intentional about that and not ashamed to claim that time. Yeah. Mm. And also don't so. stress out like if you can't do it immediately, like make the change immediately. You know, because if you're doing, if like, your lifestyle has sort of like gone a certain way for such a long time, it is going to take a while like to sort of like change adjust it up or it. adjust it. Yeah. So like really be kind to yourself, but just I think giving a try is so important. Like just sort of I guess choosing to to choose real life <laughs> more than your device, like will just yeah keep reminding you that real life is more awesome than <laughs> the digital. Real life. life is more awesome, and and but the truth is to be respectful. Like I mean, obviously there's some people who don't have like the luxuries that yep. we do, right? And have very difficult real life situations as well. So it's not to like I guess not acknowledge that but I think if you have the choice and you are able to make those choices for yourself and not live on social media and like indulge in your own life yeah I think like you will make great change like for yourself and your mental health I feel like this is a session where two older sisters are (laughs) (laughs) teaching me how to manage my digital (laughs) FOMO Um, also brought up each one more time (laughs) (laughs) Um, but thank you so much for joining me today Um, I think for yeah it's been a really good episode I think like I will go and be more mindful and conscious (laughs) about like doing that extra step Mm. yeah I think that works so thanks guys no problem thanks